You are listening to Takedowns to Breakdowns. Yim, right? Not Yin, it's Yim. Yim. Yim, Master Yim. It was Master Yim. And so, was it so or su? Because it was just S-O. They're like, so! <laughs> so! Oh my god, I, I haven't watched those movies in a long time myself. I, okay, so for those of you, that this is everybody who's <laughs> listening. So Mikey gave me a huge stack of, of martial arts uh, DVDs, uh, like kung fu movies. Stuff that, you know, when this podcast started, we talked about as being a focal point of just his interest and 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 enjoyment of those films in general and how i have a very different take on martial arts and especially those films because i i've never really seen the older films yeah so he gave me a whole bunch primarily there's a whole there's a whole saga there's a lot of jet lee actually you handed me a lot of jet lee yeah but uh once upon a time in china i watched part one part one being the first movie so when did this movie come out if I had to guess, I would say somewhere in the early 90s. I okay, think. I got some fucking opinions about this movie. So, <laughs> let's hear Let it. me hydrate for this one. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> first of all, uh-huh. first of all, throughout the entire movie, about every five minutes, up until the very ending sequence, I kept thinking, what the fuck is going on in this movie? <laughs> Until the very ending se- Oh, spoiler alert for Once Upon a Time in China, the first one, if you haven't seen it. I th- Dead ass. Every five minutes, I, I literally would say to myself, it almost out loud, I'd be stretching, watching it, and I'd be, I would just think, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is this? What the fuck is going on? This, like, the way the movie started, I was, I was thinking, okay, so I don't really know what's going on. There's like an armada... And then there's Jet Li, and then there's a dancing dragon, and then they're shooting the dragon, and then he's in the dragon, and they're shooting the dragon, (laughs) and he's dancing as the dragon, and then he, like, jumps and somersaults back to the ground, (laughs) and everything is normal, even though they just tried to shoot him. (laughs) So I was thinking, what the... I thought he was a prisoner. I thought he was a prisoner trying to do something because he was, like, a slave or something. Nope. He was, like, the general. (laughs) And I was thinking, what the fuck is going on here? Fast forward, because I was like, what the fuck is this? I move on. And then it, the next scene, so for the, for like, the, I, I quite literally up until the final 10% of the movie, I literally had no idea what the fuck was going on. So like right after that scene, what was it? Well, I'm trying to remember. Right after that scene, after the weird dragon dance scene, it goes to, <clears throat> what is it? The market? Was it was it a market scene? Okay, that's like every film, right? Of that genre. There's always a market scene. I had no idea what was going on. They're randomly throwing. Oh yeah, it was Foon. They okay. used Foon. So I I, don't, I still don't know who Foon is by the end of the movie. Like I just, just some fucking stranger. So Foon comes in, and I had no idea what's going. Oh yeah, it's a theater. So it's Foon okay. trying to like do a job at a theater for some reason. He just walks into the theater and says, I'm going to do a job for you. And the guy who runs the theater says, no, but you come tomorrow, you can do a job. So immediately, <laughs> I, I, I thought there was a translation error. And I was like, what the fuck is up with the subtitles? Because I don't understand how this, who is this person? Why is there a theater? Oh, Why is this wait of a second. importance? You, you, you watched it in Cantonese? No, I watched it with subtitles. 
with English subtitles. But that's what I mean. You like you watched it while they were speaking. In, yes. You know, there's an English dub, right? No. Oh yeah, all three all three movies. Oh, I just watched English it with sub. English subs. Okay. <laughs> all right. So you had a, a completely different <laughs> experience then. Okay. Let me continue. Uh-huh. So, so <laughs> Foon. Random. So now they introduce this guy called Foon. How do I know he's called Foon? Because everybody yells at him and says Foon. <laughs> he's <laughs> trying to work at a theater doing, I don't know, anything. But for some reason, so, no, 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 this is what happened. He shows up. He's like, I'm going to work for you. And the guy goes, no. Oh, no, they're coming. He goes, what's coming? And then a whole bunch of Chinese guys show up. I know it's in China, so everybody's a Chinese guy. But a whole group of them, like a gang of Chinese guys show up. And he goes, oh, no, they're going to bribe us for money. You go pay them the money. So this guy that never met this other guy, who's trying to get a job, gets locked out of the establishment at a theater company. And then he's told to go settle the money. So I was I was thinking okay so maybe there's a history here we're gonna get into so we understand <laughs> how why Foon's now gonna be the the messenger for transferring the money over to this gang of Chinese guys. Oh man, the you, Chinese you guys deep. show up yeah. and then they go, they they start asking oh hey like we're gonna so they here's another context <laughs> the Chinese gang has clear have clearly never met this stranger they <laughs> never. <laughs> met Foon, never seen him, and they go up and assume he represents the establishment they've been to prior and is the guy to handle the money in the transaction for the bribe or this extortion uh, moment. So, instead of saying we need the theater manager, we're here to collect the money because we're we're extorting you or blackmailing you, instead they said, okay, so you're here to give me, you're here to give us the money. (laughs) And Foon, for whatever reason, instead of saying, I don't know you or this guy, or saying, I don't have the money because it's not my place, you want to talk to the owner, he pretends that he has the money and he knows what's going on. So he goes, oh, I have that money, it's, it's, just not in my pockets right now. Blah, 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 blah. Sorry about that. I can get it tomorrow. Like, sh- whatever shit there's, they said. And then out of nowhere, he, like, fights and runs. He just goes... Because then, then the Chinese gang says, Oh, well, we have to kill you now because you just don't have the money. To the stranger they've never spoken to about getting money from. Yep. So Foon runs off and they all run after him. And that's the end of Foon's scene. So, <laughs> so then I, so I go... Okay, so I saw Jet Li... Who apparently is a general, gets shot at while dancing in a dragon. <laughs> now I saw this guy named Foon, who was denied a job application at this theater company, was general, forced was forced was forced in a situation uh-huh. to hand money over to a random gang that's coming uh-huh. to extort for protection costs. Yep. Who then decided to instead of denying anything, decided to fight and flee. And now that scene's ended. And now I don't know what's going on with either Jet Li or Foon or the theater company or the gang. Insert now, like Jesuit priests in a market. And now it's just like. Now it's just people preaching about the Bible, and that now it's like there's English people, and, and there's American people, and, and yes. they're trying to explain how the foreigners are here, but there's really not, they're really not explaining it. They're just saying there's foreigners here. There's an armada of ships. We don't know which one is which. There's just Englishmen, and then there's American, there's an American military there. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of sporadically dotted throughout the movie where oh look all of a sudden there's englishmen with rifles or oh look suddenly they're at a american fortress with rifles and a cannon 
which side note at the very end they finally do meet and the englishmen walk up to the gate and they say we we demand we demand a meeting with your general we have here the chinese ambassador from the embassy we wish to speak to you about an incident that occurred earlier today and the and the americans go like fuck off you redcoats and the Englishmen go, oh, you damn Yankees. And then, the, <laughs> and then the Americans just start shooting them. Just start shooting them. Nothing else. The the pre the pre the context of this setup was and the English guard walked up with a Chinese embassy and they said in English so the Americans understood, excuse me, sir, we are here with the Chinese embassy to speak about an incident that happened earlier today. Please let us in. We must speak to your general. And they say, fuck off. And he goes, oh, you damn Yankees. And then they start shooting each other just in the open. So clearly both England and America are on the worst possible terms that they're just in open fire situations with no <clears throat> rules of engagement. Number one, speaking about engagement, by the way, with the fucking fights in this movie, not even the fights, the gun scenes. So this takes place at some point in time where everything is like it's it's gunpowder is the, as the hot shit. It's that new new. Right. So having a gun is that is the top of the creme de la creme of the new new where oh my god they have guns which is side note a theme about the whole movie kung fu can't fight guns breathe but, man breathe but here's the thing here's the thing the guns are single loaded guns <laughs> all right yeah another side note i'm going to talk about how you kill somebody with a with a piece of buckshot so from your fucking fingertips so you have you have like guns with you like little pellets, right? So this is straight up. You have a pouch of gun. You have a pouch of gunpowder. Yep. You have to pack this shit in. This is for everything: pistols, rifles, everything. So there's a few gun scenes in the movie. They're not really gunfights because it's all about how you don't have guns or you have guns. When they fire their guns, if you know anything, if you watched, um, what's that movie with uh, uh the Patriot? Uh-huh. With Mel Gibson. Yeah. That's a very accurate <clears throat> depiction of that time frame of warfare with right. guns <laughs> yes. and, and war strategies. Yeah. So what they do in this movie is they fire their guns at somebody, right? Now, keep in mind, let's say this is an exact scene that happened. You have a row of... Oh, this is another side note. Talk about the rules of engagement. The amount of slaughter that happened <laughs> in this movie just with no repercussions. <laughs> Moving on. Whenever, like, there's like a lot in this particular scene, there's a line of English guards, and the English guards, for whatever reason, just open fire on everybody. <laughs> there's just no reason. It's just shoot them, and it's just oh, which ones? Like the aggressors, the, the people that are trying to protect us. Like, and then anybody in front of you in this room, shoot. So they just go okay. So they just start shooting. Now, instead of just shooting as you do in that time, pow, bang, you shot reload second line steps up shoots fires and you have this momentary pause of shooting the movie is shot like they're shooting with semi like <laughs> ar-15s it's just pop 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 and just non-stop non-stop shots for like maybe three minutes and it's just, <laughs> everybody's getting lit the fuck up everybody's exploding like it's shotgun shells they're just getting fucking blasted to pieces it's just it just it's it's insane to think that the technology is supposed to pass like that because they're firing single shot not even semis where you have like a belt or a magazine or a clip or anything it's you fire you stop you take out your stopper you drop a ball in and gunpowder you pack it in you put the fucking packer pack 
in the slide and then you aim again and fire they're literally just shooting just in the scene it's just non-stop it's just like if i did just like bang 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 and the scene's just going the scene's just going and there's so many gunshots so it's just thinking this is highly unrealistic this makes no sense on top of the fact that when they get shot you, it, it's a pretty gory movie. It just shows like these massive holes, like these like gigantic fucking apple-sized holes in the bodies from various ranges. There's no depiction of like of, of actual physics when it comes to the range of guns. It's just if you're in front of a gun and you get hit by that gun, it doesn't matter what gun it is. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter how far away it is. It doesn't matter. Any, you're getting hit multiple times, one, and B, you're exploding with apple-sized holes in your body and blood shoots everywhere because it's always an artery. That's literally what it is. That's literally what it is. And to go back to that scene, like I said on a side note, of the fucking English guard that just unleashed their guns into a crowd of people for no reason. What happens is that they were at a dinner. They were having a formal dinner. And and Jet Li and his three students come in because they want to talk to the English guard that are there with the Chinese, em- with the Chinese like, I don't know. Now, he's not an emperor, but they keep calling him the Excellency. So whatever Chinese dude who's called your excellency all the time in the movie is there having dinner with the with the English guard. Yeah. Jet Li wants to come in and talk and say, hey, there's been a lot of violence and a lot of crime. And we want to report a, rent, a crime that just occurred. We want you guys to be able to take care of it because we want things to remain lawful. And that starts out normal in a normal conversation. But then it quickly devolves for some reason. I think somebody... Somebody from a gang came in. Oh, Foon was involved, I think. <laughs> so I think if I remember properly, God Foon was Foon. fighting some random gang person and they fell into the room. And that somehow led to an explosion of literally everybody <laughs> fighting. Everybody fights at once. Foon falls in and then Porky, who's uh, one of Jet Li's disciples, actually probably his like top level probably his uh his uh senpai but um they end up they end up having just a a massive fight it turns into chinaman versus chinaman this gang person and everybody in the gang versus all the chinese people who are not in a gang and that turns into this giant fight the englishmen get really mad that they're ruining dinner so they just shoot everybody that's that scene. So, and there's no repercussions for the massive shooting of people. Like, thirty people get shot in just point blank range for no reason, and there's no repercussions. The Englishmen just walk out, and go, "Oh, it's time for tea now," and they just <laughs> they just leave and say, "You clean up this mess. You owe us." They actually said that. They said, "Hey, they said, hey, Jet Li, this this bill's on you for tonight." Like. That's legit. What fucking happened? That scene ended with that. They said, "Hey, hey, Jet Li, the." <laughs> Gently, this bill is all you. This is all you tonight. This is all your fault. Oh shit! And then they leave. And then Gently is trying to like save all these people who got shot. So his school becomes an infirmary, and it's full of just people. It's gunshot victims, and he's trying to save them. Now this is just this is just the top level of this fucking movie. If you're listening and trying to follow along, me too. This is what the fucking movie was for the entire time. So the movie is jumping around. Between Chinese gangs versus Foon, who's just a random homeless guy who knows Kung Fu, 
with Jet Li being a general of a He's not a general. He's not a general. No, he's a doctor. Jet Li's a doctor. Yeah. And he practices he practices uh, acupuncture. And actually you will see him demonstrating that in I think it's the th- second or third movie. He actually okay. goes to like a doctor's thing and Okay, See, so that wasn't told to me at all in the fucking movie. That movie didn't depict anything about that. Like, his place that he goes back to, that's his office, like his doctor's... Fo-Chi Lam? I guess. Fo-Chi Lam? Where he, like, resides. That's yeah. his, like... Yeah, because he's, like, the, the town doctor or whatever. Ah. Or medicine man, whatever you would... Well, they call um, him the militia leader and that he <laughs> runs the local militia. Because they think that Yeah, he, you're right. Yeah, yeah. See, so even though he's a doctor, apparently everybody thinks that he runs the local militia. So he's quite the hell of a doctor. Um, yeah. So we have the... So going back to trying to understand the pretense of this movie. There's a homeless <coughs> guy named Foon who wants to make money, so he tries to work at a theater. Multiple times throughout the film. Chinese gang, the Sahao gang, wants to extort the entire town for money... So they keep running into Foon for some reason, and they run into Jet Li because Jet Li wants to keep everything lawful. (laughs) Jet Li, to my knowledge, was a militia general who wants to keep China, China, and get the foreigners out. Then you have the Chinese Excellency. I don't know what the fuck he is. But you have the Chinese Excellency who's trying to barter and negotiate with the foreigners in order to maintain trade negotiations. Then you have, for some reason, the Americans who've never been mentioned until you go up to their fortress, and I don't know why they're there or why they fight with the Englishmen, but there's Americans there. So you have Americans and Englishmen as well. Then it turns out that the Englishmen are working with the with local Chinese people to lie to Chinese people to go to America, and then they become slaves. Yeah. So they're selling contracts. So then you have that, and then you have Aunt Thirteen. Um, Aunt Thirteen is a f- somebody who wants to fuck Jet Li, and they are related because she's Aunt Thirteen. So I'm assuming just by the name, she's the thirteenth aunt of Jet Li. But she studied in America or something because she's oh, no, no, westernized. See, I wish you watched the dubbed version. Uh, I've re- hey, I watched the Cantonese version. I know you did, and so that's I why that authentic shit. Because that that's so, his that's his cousin. Oh, okay. So his cousin. So there's some incest here. So his cousin <laughs> and him have romantic intertwinements. Yeah. Um. Together. Um. So for some reason she's there. She was westernized, but I guess she wasn't enslaved. I don't know where the fuck she went because everywhere else it looks like it was all about the enslavement part of Chinese people. But she came back and she loves yeah. photography. Then you have So, who. <clears throat> I don't know anything about So other than he stutters in Chinese and he's fluent in English and he knows how to read um, and he can hand medicine to Jet Li. That's all I know about So. Um, you have Porky who sells pork in the market who happens to also be the, a disciple of Jet Li's school who also is friends with Foon because he keeps running into Foon because Foon keeps running from the China gangs. And then you have Master Yim who shows up randomly throughout the movie and he's just a broke kung fu master who fights people and then I think I got the movie down. So speaking of the amount of violence and brutality in this movie there's like 
there's like sex slaves and there's slavery and then there's like there's yep. non nonstop brutal violence and killing with guns and master yim's like you know fighting people to the death and <laughs> all of this crazy shit and also the 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 drop of a dime that people will fight in this movie is just ridiculous is just i don't understand the the open willingness of people fighting to that level and it's not like oh look at that gang versus this gang it's just Oh, look, there's a fight there. Let's all fight. Throw boiling water on them. Hey, like everybody just gets involved in the violence. It makes no yeah. sense. Also, what I really loved was whenever Aunt 13 had like shit spat in her face because, you know, she's treated like a like a quote unquote bitch whore, um, which is, you know, very sexist language. He the spit would be like like that. But the reaction of spit on her is the equivalent of taking a bucket of water and tossing it on her face and just just like this giant amount of water. And just like there's no way somebody could spit that much. That's literally a bucket of water you just threw on somebody. She's soaked. Her hair's matted down. There's no way that somebody spat that much. Just just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. So I I I think by the end I started to under kind of understand the the movie. I think okay. I kind of got it. Right. And a part of it was the movie is about <clears throat> China before foreigners got there and China with foreigners there and the idea of China trying to remain Chinese outside of western influence. I think that's the gut. Yes. The, and it it what it does is it takes place during the industrial age. So like you brought up before the whole slavery thing, that's when um, oh, the, uh, they were sending uh, China Chinese whoever over to California, where they were either going to start building railroads, to, you know, from the West Coast to East Coast, yeah, uh, or um, uh, mining for gold. Yeah. So I think that's the baseline yeah. level of what this movie was about. But the <clears throat> other part of the movie was just a little. Like, so the theater, right? For whatever reason, these star actors in the play at the theater get turned away at the door. Why? Because Porky, who's never worked at the theater, just walked up to the boss and said, I'll work and I'll do, I'll do, I'll do ticket duty at the door. And the boss saying, oh, have you done this before? No, the boss just said, or the theater manager just said, that's great. I appreciate your work ethic. Thank you. <laughs> So Porky goes to do this, and Porky's never done it. So Porky's bad. So he denies the perform the main stars of the performance entry. So therefore, Porky and Foon decide to act in the play, which for whatever reason somehow everybody let that go down. Um, then on top of that, they try to assassinate Jet Li, and I'm trying yeah. to remember why they try to assassinate him. The gang doesn't want Jet Li because Jet Li keeps stopping the gang from getting their money. So the gang goes to the Englishmen and say, "Please kill Jet Li. We'll get you workers and 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 slave girls if you do that." Yeah. So yeah, the Englishmen right. say, "Okay." So Jet Li gets invited to the theater performance where they try to assassinate him, and that's where there's another mass killing. By English guards, where again there's another Chinaman and Chinaman fight, and then the Englishmen just say shoot everybody, so they just take out their guns and shoot everybody, and then just go, oh, it's time for tea again, and then they just leave <laughs> the fucking theater, and then they leave, they literally leave carnage just for the Chinese Excellency to show up and just be like, what is going on here? Why is everything? Why is everybody shot? And it's just like, 
Oh, the Englishman just... Sh no, the Englishman could not have done this. This is your fault, Jet Li. You caused everybody to get shot. Like, I don't... What? Oh, man. What? So, now that I've summarized this movie, please, I want to hear from you, Mikey. <laughs> it's just a shame that you didn't grow up introduced to Chinese culture first and then American. Please, it's just the difference. Please tie in the <clears throat> Chinese culture that I should understand from that movie that I just quoted to you. Well, here's the thing. It's not even just that movie, though. It's just that it's it's that genre. It's It's Chinese filmmaking. It's the art behind it. So, like, what you find, like, drastic, it's their way of expressing, like, again, the bullet wounds, right? It's not just, oh, they just got shot. It's like apple size... They were just showing, like, in that way. Although, yeah, it's hilarious. Obviously, it's hilarious. Like, the impact of the the amount of damage. It's like, oh, my God, like, what is this thing, like, we're being attacked with? Oh, like, a gun. What is that? So, that's that was the filmmaker's way of expressing, in that time period, the damage. You know, how, like, I guess, vicious this, like new age of weaponry was you know okay and, um so yeah there are obviously drastic parts you know and like uh <laughs> first of all i was i'm trying to keep my all, composure I'm, right first of all i'm not inaccurate in my summary of the movie absolutely i not. just quoted what i saw on the fucking movie. i honestly That's wish awesome. you watched the dubbed version though i did um, watch the dubbed version i uh, well, no, oh, you watched you, the sub version. Oh, you mean like the dubbed, dubbed. Like English dubbed, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, oh, man. I got some authentic you, fucking Cantonese in my life. I don't yeah. know about you. You got that Americanized shit. I watched that shit in Cantonese, motherfucker. I mean, I, I'm, I, also, you know, I also watched these movies when I was like 10, 11 years old, too. So, But like... These are intense movies to watch as a 10-year-old. See, but you also like... You were so used to a certain... Like you said, you're used to a certain genre, the American genre of uh, action films, martial arts films, things like that, which there are a good handful out there. Don't get me wrong. Okay, so so before you continue, I will say this about the actual martial arts aspect of this film. The number one thing that I did recognize was the impact of this type of movie that like Jet Li and Jackie Chan have done in the early days to impact all of every fight scene and every hand-to-hand -hand movie since. It's so obvious that, oh, everybody wants to be Jet Li and Jackie Chan. Like, yeah. that's it's so obvious that every movie wants to replicate off of their style of of fights, of choreography. You know, yeah. like, it's it's literally like, oh, they're, they're literally trying to copy and paste it. Like, quite literally. It's just, it's, yeah. everybody wants to achieve what they did, which... For the record, the fight choreography was fucking insane, especially once you consider the amount of, of environmental stunts they did with oh, the yeah. ladders and shit. All the ladders, yeah. All the ladder stuff. On top of the the technology that they had in that day to do that kind of stuff, that was insane. That was really cool. That yeah. was really cool. I'm not going to... Well, the, the technology that China had, too, because, I mean, like I said, all these movies took place in, within the 90s. But you have to consider like what America had compared to what they were using in China filming all this, right? You know, so True. I mean, like I said, it's just two different cultures. You know, I just thought it was funny in the beginning of this tangent. Like, 
you you thought so outside the box because that's what American filmmaking is. There has it's like you're introduced to a character. Who is this person? What's their backstory? I need to get I need to understand this person and where they're coming from in order for me to get through this film. Because other yeah. other than that, you're just a physical body with a name. That's literally all it was. Whereas in these movies, it's like they try to make it very quick because it's it's not so much about the backstory. It's about obviously it's a martial arts film. It's about the fight scenes and all that. Like so you got the gist of it at least. Like, okay, industrial revolution like the industrial period, um foreigners are not necessarily invading China, but they're coming in and, you know, and the Chinese want to keep Chinese traditions. Like, that's literally it, right? When it comes to backstories, it's like, whatever, here's a character, okay, and uh, here's some fighting scenes 95% of the time, so, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I feel like it's it's more about... <clears throat> they introduced a lot of characters in that film. You had Porky, you had Foon, you had So, you had Master Yim, you had Jet Li, you had the English general, you had the English guy who can fight uh, martial arts, you had the Americans, you had the Englishman, you had the theater guy, you had... But even like Master Yim, right? So like, he was introduced way later in the yes. in the movie. And even then, he, he was like a hermit or like a, a homeless like yes. master. Um... But it's like, you, you kind of have to, it's almost like you have to imagine it yourself, like what the their backstories are, right? Because I was good with that. Like, okay, you know, he's clearly home, homeless, but he has this intent, like immense knowledge of his style, like his martial art. And, you know, so it's like you in your head are like, oh, I wonder what his backstory was rather than why are they going to spend the next half hour talking about that particular person's backstory. But I get where you're coming from because for someone that's not used to this genre, you're like, okay, who's this guy? Oh, okay. He's the bad guy. Now that Jet Li fights at the end, you know, that I understand, but American and Chinese culture, man, two different ways of, uh, I mean, it was also the, like 25 years ago. So, (laughs) That movie was so jarring in the way it was done for me. I I, I, I was like, okay, I ejected it. <clears throat> I was looking at it and I go, I have two more of these to go through. <laughs> this was Once Upon a Time 1. I have two and then three. And I was like, Fist of Fury. Donnie ends in the second one. Great. Um, <laughs> for all I know, he could be, you know, Fishy, the fish market guy. I don't fucking know. And <laughs> just... <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what. Now they... So, so I took, I picked up Fist of Fury and I said, it's not Once Upon a Time in China. I just fucking put it in. <laughs> I need a fucking break from that shit. That shit was so jarring. Oh. What the fuck? Oh, man. <laughs> What'd you think of Fist of Fury real quick? I'm not done with it yet. Oh, okay. I, I do like it a lot more just because it's more cohesive in how it's told. Mm. It's just more... Co- He's a student. He, has, he can fight. Like he, His master died. Like I, It makes more... They literally explain it to you instead of, here's a guy named Porky, here's a theater and a guy named Foon trying to work there. Oh, there's Chinese guards and that's done. And now it's moving on. Oh, they're slaves. Okay, moving on. Like, oh, look, Englishmen. Oh, look, they killed everybody. Oh, no big deal. To be fair, though, so, I feel like you, you 
the people viewing it should have some sort of knowledge of what's going on, though. Like, there shouldn't be, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. It's the industrial period. Foreigners are coming in. They're taking Chinese people over and treating, and they're becoming slaves. Oh, I picked up on that. You know? I picked up on that. But that was the overall, that's just the context of what's happening. I'm following, I'm looking at every scene. Like, there's no need, like, why do you introduce food? Right? Why do you introduce pork? This is just a ma- matter of storytelling of that I'm trying to understand and follow. It's just, what's the significance of Porky? What's the big deal with this theater company? Why do I care about the Americans? Why Why is On 13 such a big deal? You gotta get out of that what's, American mindset, why man. Is so, <clears throat> such, why is so here and clearly Jet Li appreciates him because of his medical knowledge? Why is he not accepted by everybody else? When Jet Li is the teacher and the master, and he tries to show everybody the tolerance and compassion that you show to people, so, yeah, he, and they're it, openly defying that, being like, "Shut up, you fucking retard!" Like it's just like Jesus Christ. Yeah. And Jet Li just goes, "So I need you to go get blah blah blah," and so just goes, "Yep, I'll be right back." Gets it and goes, "Here you go. It's this one." Clearly, he has importance. Like they did that to signify his importance. It makes yeah. sense. I, I get it, but the way you tell it. It, it was told to me and okay so if you're chinese or if you're if you're of i don't mean to offend anybody so this is not to be offensive what i'm about to say but that movie was told like if i asked a six-year-old to tell me a story it's basically how it was told to me just so they, so they, he sells pork, and then, and then there's a guy, and he throws water down, and then the Chinese, Chinese guards attack, but they're not on the, they're not on the China guy's side. Oh, they're actually with the Englishmen, and the Englishmen just shoot everybody. So like, when they show up, they just want to kill everybody, but it's okay because they're Englishmen, so they just keep going because they have a slave trade, and then Jet, and then Jet Li just keeps fighting people because. Is it sad? I'm thinking about Cartman's voice right now, like. <laughs> but am I wrong? But that, that's am I wrong? Because that's how it that's how it was presented to me. And then and then so can't talk. So can't talk. So well no, so can talk in English. So he's is he was he westernized? No, he's Chinese, but he speaks English, <laughs> but he can't speak Chinese good. It's like why can't so he was Chinese who came he was a, he's Chinese. He went to somewhere to study and came back, but he forgot to speak Chinese. Yeah, and um, <laughs> like just, oh, just man. the whole. And then there's this guy who's really strong. His name is Master Yi, Master Yim, Master Yim, and he's really tough. And he just shows up and kills people. Oh, is he? Whose side is he on? <laughs> Whose side is he on? He's on nobody's side. He just wants to have money. So he meets with Foon. And Foon just wants to steal for him. So Foon steals soup. Because it's too salty. And then they can drink soup together. But then Foon doesn't want to help him anymore. Because Foon doesn't want money. But Foon I thought just, Foon was poor and wanted money with Master Yim. You don't understand Foon, man. Foon was lost. He was just trying to find his place in the world. See, I got that. Why didn't you get that? Because they didn't do a good job of telling it. God I just, damn it, man. I just man. couldn't pick it up. You're but, so into yeah. American 
the, the American genre of film, and that's that's what your mind is set to. There's got to be backstories. I, 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 I need I to understand. I don't I need to understand why. I don't think it's why American. do I have to invest it's in this? It's not American. Why can't it just be there? It's just understanding what's being... Pre- I said it... The way I said it in a <laughs> six-year-old voice is exactly how that movie presented it. I just went scene to scene. I didn't... Not, oh, for the people man. listening who haven't seen this movie, I didn't make shit up, but I just did that. Like, six-year-old voice. I just... I just... <laughs> repeated scenes i remember seeing and i just put it out there and said it in that voice that's what that movie's like and i wasn't jumping from scene to scene either that's how the movie went progressively like just one scene was this next scene was that hey come on next scene after that was that (laughs) listen (laughs) all right yes i'm listening voice the ball no um for, okay, when you watch the, the next two movies, please watch the English dubbed version. Please. And you know what I, I noticed? I think you need so, to watch the Cantonese version to get on my level. I'll tell you what, I will. And, I, and I'll say this, too. Not only is it um, dubbed, but I do notice that both movies are filmed differently. Or not necessarily filmed differently, but you might get scenes in like the Cantonese one that you won't get in the English one and vice versa. Or like the order of... Uh, when certain scenes take place differ so depending on right so you're telling me to not watch it as an American yet I'm watching it in Cantonese so why are you telling me to watch it dubbed which is the westernized version no of no the no movie. I said you have no, an, no, 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 I said no no what I said was you have an American you have an American genre mindset when you watch this film we will re- we will rewind this right please now. do and everybody you, we will no. get it and you will say you need to watch the dubbed version because it's so much different so you okay because re- i want to yeah. understand i okay when i'm sorry <laughs> but when i watch a fucking film i don't want to read while i'm watching Why? for two hours Why? it's the authentic cantonese version i want listen i read the book that's why I think you should watch the Cantonese version. I think I think you take home Once Upon a Time and you watch uh-huh. that in Cantonese and I'll watch the second one dubbed. How about that? Oh, all right, deal. Fine. Fine. <laughs> fine. And then Cuz when you were saying the cousin's name, I'm like, what the hell 13? Like they, like what is she 13. an AI? Her name is Aunt 13. Aunt 13. Aunt 13. The I entire swear to god, that's movie. not her fucking name. Why do you think in the English Why Dumper do you think it? the entire movie I oh was going, what the fuck is going on? Well, maybe it is Aunt 13. No, it sounds like like a, a, a prototype for an AI. Aunt thirteen. Aunt thirteen. What the fuck? That's the cousin. That that's what the cousin's name was in Cantonese. The one that ends up like fucking yeah. Jet Li. Yeah. 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 God. Aunt thirteen. There's incest. There's slavery. There's sex slaves. There's there's mass murders with gun with guns and there's hand to hand combat. There's blood. Fun for the whole family, guys. Just uh, <laughs> go to your local non-existent blockbuster and rent it today. <laughs> Just. That fucking movie, dude. But I will say this. What? The second one will be easier because now you know the characters at least. Because but these, you just told me the characters rec- don't matter in their backstory. Well, apparently they matter to you. Because- well, they don't matter, so why would I care if Porky's there? And hey, Porky's now you're going to a- go into the second one. Now you have a backstory because Porky's of part one. Because well, of that fuck fest. Porky and so- Foon don't matter because they're just there just because that's how the culture and oh, the okay. movie shot, right? Right? So why would I care about the backstory from the first one? See, once See? upon a time in China <laughs> trilogy, you guys probably like ten or eleven bucks now on Amazon. It's probably a, probably a prime item. <laughs> I highly recommend. 
fucking movie. When that movie ended, I legit went, <laughs> thank <laughs> fucking God. <laughs> I just went, Jesus. Oh, it's not because it was bad. It's not a bad. So for those thinking I hate this movie, I don't. It's not a bad movie. It's just you have to like work to get through it because you have to understand it you have to it's not just here's a movie to enjoy it's here's a movie you have to try to understand and keep up with not like not like inception where it's oh wow these concepts and the story is so deep and compelling and see but that's what i mean there has to be a deep and compelling story no no no, no. that's not what i'm saying it's not that level of deep it's deep (laughs) and complex because it's not cohesive so it's if I took if I took a book okay here's a good example if I took a book if I took a book and I ripped out six pages of every eighth chapter and I told you read them consecutively so read the first six then the yeah. next six and the next six they're not gonna make sense they're gonna have similar people in them they're not gonna they're gonna be somewhat tied because it's in the same book. But you're not going to know what the fuck is going on. And that's what this movie is. Question. <laughs> that's what I, this movie this was. This just popped into my head now. When you first started the film. Yes. Was there a dialogue thing like in the beginning where there was a narrator talking about like the setting of the movie? Or no, it just jumped straight into the movie. Uh, it started with like the letters going down and nobody was talking. This was an opening credits though, right? This was like someone explaining the backstory of like yes and it was like china is being invaded by foreigners like oh okay yes so you knew there was a backstory but then it immediately went from that to gently dancing as a dragon on a ship getting shot at by his by his crew Ooh, i don't think that scene's in the uh, the dubbed version that's the first thing i saw was a because i was trying to think of that when you're like he's dancing in a dragon i was like the very first first scene scene in this movie jet lee's just standing on the ship. We'll fucking play this after this podcast. Yeah, you're going to have to show me that. So, Jet Li's just stand, just No, he's not even standing. He's sitting on the ship. On a ship, too? Next to a guy. On a, on a giant pirate ship. Like a like an old old colonial oh, ship. the English one starts. And then there's a guy dancing in a dragon suit. <laughs> yeah. And then, for whatever reason, the guy in the dragon suit like falls out and dies. So, Jet Li runs up and grabs the dragon suit and keeps dancing with it. And as he he starts climbing and dancing up the ropes of the ship in the dragon suit, everybody just starts shooting at the dragon. And then there just pops and, like, all these things start happening with the dragon suit and the dragon keeps doing stuff. And then Jet Li dances back down (laughs) and then he puts the dragon down and then he just bows to whoever is the excellency person then. And then that's and then he goes. You must preserve and train our fighters. That's why I was like, "What do you mean he's a doctor? He was told to go train." Oh, as that a is a complete. I'm telling you right now. Okay, so so you watch that American shit. I watch the Cantonese shit. Cantonese motherfucker. Yeah, I'm on that Cantonese shit. I was gonna say. I'm pretty sure the English dub doesn't even start. I, that yeah. scene is like non-existent. See, I'm on that now. authentic shit. See, <laughs> see that what? See. <laughs> Motherfucker, telling me I'm watching like an American motherfucker. I watch that shit. Just because they spoke English doesn't mean I had an American like mindset as well. Like motherfucker, I watch that Cantonese shit. (laughs) All right, 100% pure Cantonese shit. Motherfucker. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) So you didn't even know that scene? Yeah, that's the first scene I saw. So I just went, okay. So Jet Li is the general of the militia. For whatever reason, his emperor is leaving. For whatever reason, so he's left to train until the emperor comes back, 
and then his the troops will be ready if needed. Cool. I get that pretense. Then it jumps to Foon. And then I went, what the fuck is this? Why is... <laughs> and I went, okay. So I'm trying to follow along into this story. Cool. This guy named Foon, he can't get a job at the theater company, and he's being chased by he's this Chinese He's lost soul, gang. man. He's lost soul. And then moving on to the next person. Then it's like, down here, so. Oh, this guy can't speak. He... He's, does he have an impediment? Is he ha- does he have a disability? Yeah. And then he's made fun of. Then where is this? There's Jet Li. Is this a dojo? Is this a school? Okay, now here's Porky. <laughs> and it's just, okay, what's this? And then, okay, here's the Chinese gang again. Okay, they're extorting money. Okay, somebody doesn't like it. Okay, so now they're just going to go talk to Englishmen. Why are they Englishmen? Now, okay, so they're talking to the Englishmen because they're occupying. Now, Englishmen just killed everybody. Moving on. Now, Jet Li's trying to save people. Now, they're trying to arrest him, but they're not going to. I was like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? Like, I don't see any training. I don't see any militia thing of, of, like, what he was supposed to do. So, when you just said to me, oh, he's a doctor. I was like, what the fuck do you mean he's a doctor? Like, the beginning scene, doctors don't do that. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure they made that, like, very clear in the, the English dubbed version, like... Um, I think he's like tending to patients or something. I could be wrong, but yeah, it's, it's like clear like, oh yeah, no, he has a, a practice. He's a doctor. He's like the local doctor or whatever, or medicine man. Anyways, speaking yeah. about Kung Fu, let's move on to the article about, uh, Kung Fu in China. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yep. So if you haven't seen it, uh, those who are listening, there was an article posted recently about, uh, there's a guy in China who you've probably seen because the video got really popular who fought a Tai Chi master and knocked him the fuck out. This guy's an MMA practitioner. He's in his late 30s. Zhou or something. Zhou. Zhao. Zhao Dang. Zhao. Something like that. I don't yeah. know. Long story short, Sorry. He's, he goes around and tries to fuck up people who claim that they're masters of Kung Fu or <clears throat> traditional martial arts because he believes MMA is, is the superior martial art. Um. He was told to stop by the Chinese government or rumored that he was told to stop because he was um, disrupting the culture and the respect and tradition of martial arts and Kung Fu yeah. in China. So he never came out and openly said it because the government would probably kill him. So he just said, oh, I, I'm not training anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. So he went into hiding with his family to kind of try to wait for the blowback, for a long time, for the blowback to die down from that. But I guess he's still doing it, and he still goes around, and he still yeah. challenges these like traditional martial artists. So that is very interesting On when I saw that article to me, because on one hand, if you're going to go around and fight quote-unquote traditional martial artists, you chose a hell of a fucking place in China. But number two, it's also it was really weird to me, because MMA is not a non-traditional martial art, I think. you know, I think the sport of it is. Right, just like the sport of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but you have jiu-jitsu, you have like, you have like jeet kune do. You, you there's martial arts that that utilize. Um, you have kempo. <coughs> you have martial arts that utilize different and multiple variables of other arts to form, in a sense, mixed martial arts. Right. You yeah. know. So to call yourself an MMA practitioner, it openly implies that you are doing the sport of MMA. Which is four ounce gloves in a cage, five fives or three fives, what have you. So when I saw that, that's what that was my thought. I just thought that's ironic that he's calling himself an MMA guy because martial arts, for the most part, are traditionally mixed. 
for the you know like whether it's aiki whether it's uh aiki jiu-jitsu whether it's it's uh kempo whether mm-hmm. it's jiu-jitsu like you know there's there's a lot uh whether it's judo you know there's a whole bunch of that stuff so that 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 kind of threw me for a, a spin but the bigger spin that threw me off of the article was a shaolin monk that came out to speak about it and they asked the shaolin monk mm-hmm. what do you think about this guy challenging traditional martial artists and the monk said i think it's awesome I think it's great. I want to see him keep doing this. And they said, why are you saying that? He's trying to devalue the power and the beauty and the tradition of martial arts. And the monk goes, the shitty ones. <laughs> like the monk goes, like yeah, the, or the fake scammers. ones. Yeah. The scammers. Yep. The people who claim they have the ability to redistribute your energy or the, the ones that try to claim they have like a, the five finger death punch. Yeah. All this, Or you see the guy with his finger pushing back a row of like 10 guys. You know, he's got that power or whatever. Yeah. So the monk was saying, no, traditional martial arts work, but you don't see that very often <clears throat> because you see a lot of the scammers. And this guy's the only people going up to them and the only, only people we've seen this guy go up with are the scammers and it's fantastic yeah. that he's doing that yep. i'm really happy that he's he's exposing mm-hmm. fake martial arts and fake martial artists who take advantage of others by claiming that they're masters yep and we think it's great you know and um that's i thought that was really really both ironic but also really cool that there's that kind of level of um that level of understanding of both. I don't know if this guy is trying to fight only fake martial artists or if he's actively trying to say traditional martial arts don't work. But no, I see the the vibe that I got was um although he's MMA, he himself is trying to like preserve the traditions, you know? So he is I think just trying to fight these scammers or these fake the bullshit master- artists. Yeah. Bullshit artists. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think when you read the article? I mean, I agree. I think he should just keep doing what he's doing. You know, unfortunately, when you're in a place like China, you know, and supposedly if the government gets involved, I mean, that's kind of tough. But, you know, I think what he's doing is awesome. I think personally he should keep doing it. Um, Can I give you can I I'm going to say something very honest and I want you to either agree or disagree with me on it. When somebody, especially in MMA or Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So like so for the record, my. uh my dojo is on hiatus right now of training mainly because of injuries to people um but we're like an indefinite hiatus but when i was actively training and going to class and i still hold myself as an aiki jiu-jitsu practitioner there's a weird sense of feeling attacked when somebody starts boasting about their mma or their bjj training because it's almost like they're trying to say this is the only superior martial art to train in this is the best thing to train in for physical combat, for hand-to-hand combat. And as somebody who's had to fight, you know, like Kung Fu guys and um, Jiu-Jitsu guys and, and stuff like that, I don't agree with that statement, but I understand the value of that training. But I would always feel kind of, not insulted, but kind of put off in the sense of, you're not, it's not the best. There's no real there's arts that are limited, but it's not, there's no art that's quote unquote the best. So yeah, one's not better than the other. Yeah. And there's, and there's a weird part of the MMA community specifically. That's, that's very strong and very, um, boastful. It's almost like the same community of Krav Maga where the Krav Maga community is very like, we're the best martial art. Like the, Israeli forces use it, so it's yeah. fucking, or the Russians or whatever use it. So, you know, it's the best martial art for self-defense and killing people, blah, blah, blah. 
and they are very boastful of their martial art. It, it's the same kind of mentality that I kind of pick up off of people who boast about their MMA or BJJ training. I don't know if you feel that way, mm-hmm. but I felt always felt that when I would be like, oh, I train in Nike Jiu-Jitsu. And they would just go, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Like, it's self-defense judo. Just <laughs> That's basically what it is. Yeah. And then it's funny because a lot of people poke fun at self-defense arts for whatever reason. And that's a that's a conversation for a different day. But the amount of people that try to poke holes in self-defense arts, like you can't break wrists and fingers or poke eyes or stuff like <laughs> that. And it's just, well, I mean, you can. And it made me think of this video where it was uh, it was two, two military force guys from different countries. There's a video online. I forget what they were. I think one guy was Krav Maga and I think one guy was bjj or mma um i forget what it was or maybe one guy was karate i forget but it was an actual like they said let's just fight to see fight till injury just go go until you can and so they line up they start like they start testing just a little bit and real quick one of the guys the guy who does i think it was Krav maga just takes his like his i told this to chet when chet was here during that episode he just went out and like tiger clawed him yeah and he like ripped open his eyeball the other guy's eye. Oh shit! Yeah, and the guy immediately screams and falls. He's like, "Oh my god! Like I can't! Like holy shit!" And I was like, "Okay, fight's over. Just fight's done." And it makes me always think of instances like that where people always say, "Like oh, that doesn't work." It's just look, if you think it doesn't work, then let then go ahead and gable grip somebody like, and let them go ahead and start breaking your fingers one by one. And you tell me if you want to keep holding on, you know, just yeah. and then they'll break your wrist, and then they'll open up the elbow, and then that gets like just. If that's the case, then go for it. I'm because I'm not saying that it's the best martial art. I'm not saying self defense is the best martial art. It all depends on what you're trying to get out of your martial art. Yeah. But have you ever felt that like that feeling that I'm talking about when somebody kind of says that? Because that was the kind of vibe I got when they boast and say, "Oh, I'm doing this, and it's the greatest." You know, yeah, and- like that kind of thing. Like I've always felt that as somebody who's done traditional martial <coughs> arts, where it was, "Oh, you're trying to put down my martial art because you think it's inferior to what you're doing." I see what you're trying to do. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of get. Um, it's the word I'm looking for. Like I cringe, you know, when I hear that. It's like, mm, no, it's not the best. But to be fair, you know, obviously every martial art there's there's pros and cons. So, I think. Even this whole MMA thing, right? It's it's realistically what like three or four different styles typically. Wrestling, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, uh, boxing, Muay Thai, and Muay Thai. Yeah, I would say. So you're taking pretty much like the better aspects of those and putting them together, and now it becomes MMA. But so now you're like a jack of all trades, but a master of none, you know. And the way I see it is, it's like I think people should experiment. I know I'm going off on this. But, like, people should experiment, at least, with one style at a time. Try to take the best aspects out of those styles and make their own version of an MMA. Their own unique MMA, you know? So, like, me, for example, I prefer Taekwondo kicks over karate or judo, whatever. Why? Um, Oh, sorry. You can finish your point and then you can... So, in, like, karate, I love... The hand-to-hand combat. I love the strikes, the striking techniques that karate um, offers. Or you know now, or when I was doing uh, jujitsu with you, you know I that was just like something else because I've only ever done striking 
martial arts. So now getting into grappling and stuff like that, you know, that opened my eyes to something new. And instead of being a brute force all the time, which I've mentioned all the time when it comes to striking, now it's like I had to relax and focus on uh, taking the, the opponent's energy and using it against that person. You know, so going it's, with the flow. Less exactly. So now it's like, well, now this th- that's three different things that I have to work off of. Now, if I ever get in a certain situation, what is the best thing I can use from those particular styles to get me out of that situation? So that's the way I see it. So full circle now. Right. So like the whole Krav Maga thing that just happened to be the right move to just end it right there. You know, but now if it was a different scenario, what if the guy was on his back? You know, I, I I'm not familiar with Krav Maga, but is there a technique for the guy to counter that? Can he get out of that situation if the BJJ guy got on top of him? I don't know personally. Um, I don't know. So so that's you. You bring up a good point. Martial like I feel like martial arts aren't planning for other martial artists in the sense of, oh, I'm a judo practitioner. I'm caught in a single leg. How do I defend against a single leg? Exactly. You know, like, I, I don't think that's thought of. It's just, in judo, you do this. In Krav Maga, I don't think there's a, okay, you have a guy who's past your guard is in full mount. He's trying to go for, you know, uh, he's trying to go for an arm. How do you defend? You know what I mean? Like, I don't really think that's ever thought of in the, um, the, the progressions of a martial art. I think martial arts are typically just trained with, this is our kata, this is our set, this is what you do, and you just go from there because most martial arts you would train against other people in your martial arts, so you're trained yeah, against that, right? Exactly. Like, like we were lucky in Aiki Jiu-Jitsu where, especially because of our teachers, um, both senses, it was just, oh, you can get attacked with a bat, you can get attacked with a knife, somebody could throw a chair at you, you could be attacked while you're sitting down. Yep. So it was just random real-life shit like, Oh, somebody's just going to grab you from behind because they're going to hold you for, your, for their friend to mug you up front and hit you up front. So you're going to get attacked by two people at the same time in different situations. Yep. Somebody's going to p- try to pull you down uh, by your arm on the side out of nowhere, and you're going to have to fight that while somebody else tries to come and hit you. Like, yeah. Sensei, both senseis threw crazy real-life random shit instead of just, it's a jab. It's always a jab. Hey, now it's a jab cross. It's always going to be a jab cross. Here comes a sidekick. It's always a sidekick. It's There was katas for that, but when it came to like testing situations they usually always threw no this is what could really happen you could be fighting this person the other person's grabbing a knife and coming at you from the side yep what do you do exactly you know what i mean like that was that was and we're very lucky that we got trained like that because that's the most realistic way that anything would happen if we ever god forbid we ever had to use like martial arts in a real life situation which i hope never comes as a situation at the very least, it's like, oh, cool, this is the bat situation. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we trained against bats. We trained against pipes. We trained against, yeah, man, not so much poles. But, you know, we trained against against weapons like that. So it's, I, I think it takes the teacher to have to do that because the art will not do that inherently. Mm. You know, I don't think ta- Taekwondo tries to worry about a boxer. I think Taekwondo right. tries to worry about other people who can kick the shit out of you. Exactly. You know, I don't think Muay Thai practitioners worry about uh judo people throwing them i think they just worry about another muay thai guy clinching them up and throwing elbows and knees Mm -hmm. i don't think you see enough martial artists trained for other martial arts and that's not really a thing but that's where you get that superiority complex it was something like mma where it's oh well you know i've seen this get used in multiple environments and applications or brazilian jiu-jitsu oh 
fights go to the ground and this will win on the ground 99% of the time. So I know off of the success rate that I've seen on TV that this is a this is a this is the right investment of my time and money into martial arts. So I get those things. I totally I totally get that mentality mm-hmm. and I don't think they're wrong for having it. Um it's just something I think it's more of something that I feel for having it where it's just I feel this way about it and I almost feel not fully vindicated, I guess, because you can't show stuff that we train in 100% full waza because your people are going to be injured. Yeah. Permanently injured. Yep. Like, we don't have tap outs. We have, like, no, just breaks. Just break it. Just break it. Just break it. Just do this. Just do that. Just, you know, dig deep and cut here and rip that out and go for this. <laughs> like, you're not going to see that in a competition because yeah. there's no way to have a competition of it. So, it's almost like the validation isn't there just enough because you're not reinforced with the with the imagery of it. Mm-hmm. You're not reinforced with the film of seeing it successfully applied because it was only applied on the battlefield because that was the only time it was really fully deployed. Yeah. That was pretty much it. And now everything else that was like that, like Taekwondo used to be that. Yeah. And now it's deployed as a sport. Right. Because exactly. People were breaking sternums all the time and having internal bleeding. It's like that's you can't keep doing this, man. You, this isn't a thing people are gonna want to do. Yeah. Seeing a dude kick the shit out of somebody and break their ribs—that's not something people want to see. You know, at least in jujitsu you can tap. You know, because it's a sport. Oh, you can't punch and yeah, I know you have combat jujitsu, which is slap jitsu. I get it, but it's not the same as oh no, this dude can just do whatever he wants to try to kill you. Mm-hmm. It's just—it's just not the same. You know. Yep. Uh, just to circle back, why did you say Taekwondo over karate kicks? Okay, so karate, um, again, it's all about just brute force I was gonna say power. It's power, it's, right? It's, karate it's just... a lot of power. It's not really quick. I feel like with Taekwondo, there's a lot of uh, different kicks where it's just like you have to be very quick. And I feel like they're more... Not that... I don't want to sound like I don't know what I'm talking about. It's, you know, because when you, when you do a striking class, it's not that any other classes inaccurate but i feel like when you're doing taekwondo drills and stuff you have to be very accurate with the that's what i mean yeah, the look on your face there's i feel like they have better accuracy oh oh i think accuracy, accuracy training of, and i think an accuracy <clears throat> of technique like oh this is how yeah. it was done i didn't know you meant like accuracy yeah, of where yeah. you're landing it and i feel like you just get a little bit of a, a a reach advantage too because um when you go to do like a karate kick you kick with the bottom of the your foot like the ball of your foot right, right. But in Taekwondo, you actually bend your foot the other way. You curl your toes in. It's the blade, right? And yeah. So I feel like you. it's almost like Jet Li's theory on a punch. Like he doesn't punch like a do a reverse punch or whatever like we do. He turns his fist. And essentially you gain like a half inch or a one inch difference, which makes a difference. Oh, yeah. Your knuckles, it does, yeah. Your, your finger. Yeah. Because te- technically you want to hit with the first two knuckles. Yeah. Right? So... Turning this way, those are the first two that kind of protrude out anyways, and you're getting like a about an, an inch advantage, and that can, you know, add some sort of, I guess, extra power yeah. just from that. You know well, what I reach. mean? Reach. You get extra reach. Yeah. yeah. No, un- so that's, so that's how I feel with Taekwondo. You get a slightly... Like, like an inch that inch difference. Not to sound sexual, but no, it's like that one inch does make a difference type of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, does, it does. It always does. It it's always true. Does. Yeah. But again, you know, because then there's things about karate where it was just like very brute force. You know, and uh, I mean, there were there were some kicking techniques that I did. You know, 
appreciate, but it was more of the, the hand strikes and all that. Um, I, I We've talked about this ad nauseum about wrestling in, in martial arts, especially mixed martial arts. Uh, the most recent UFC with uh, Cowboy Cerrone versus uh, uh, Mike Perry was a perfect example. Donald Cerrone is a as like a I think he's a kickboxer. Well, he's like a kickboxer slash Muay Thai guy first and foremost. But he is one of the slickest guys off his back and with his Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Oh, his BJJ, much like awesome. an, much like Anthony Pettis. Just Anthony Pettis is like strict Taekwondo, and then. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I know you and I have talked about this in episodes past about instead of trying to mas- try instead of trying to be a jack of all trades, just mastering the ones that you're good at. Yeah. Um, Don Donald and Anthony have both done such a good job of going back to the roots of just I know I can kick the shit out of people, I know I can strike like a motherfucker, and I know if it goes to the ground, I'm nasty and I'm a threat everywhere. Yeah. I'm just gonna go back to that. And Anthony Pettis has, until he broke his hand in the last fight, was on a winning. Uh, a winning momentum and you do the same thing with Cowboy Cowboy hasn't been doing that great but I feel like in the Mike Perry fight that he just had he went back to that I'm just gonna go back to what I know I can do yeah. which is I'm gonna just I'm, I, I, it's infamous that Donald Cerrone is a slow starter and he's easily bullied if you just walk him down across the line but Cowboy's almost went back to like the accepting of yep if it goes if it falls into a situation where I get taken down and this goes to the ground I'm just staying on the ground and I'm going to just fucking break shit. And that's what he did. He broke Mike Perry's oh, arm. Yeah. Yep. And leading up to that, you saw him technically striking, which he likes to do. He <clears throat> likes having fun with striking. But it's almost like this this carefree, almost Diaz-like. Well, Diaz is almost ignorant, but it's almost to that level of just, yeah, you take me down. Cool. We'll take it to the ground. Let's have fun. Let's just let's do this. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the ground. Cool. Let's go to the ground. And then it goes to the ground and then it's just it's nasty and it's fast and they explode and they just... They, it's like snakes just boom they just go for it and they just get it compared to the Diaz brothers where it's it's very similar but again we talked about this in the last episode it's almost arrogance just take me down I dare you bitch take me down let's go yeah. what like 209 Diaz brothers let's go take me down yeah I'm gonna box you up piece you up unless you wanna take this to the ground it's almost like they keep saying like take me down you know you want to my legs right here I, I ain't moving it yeah take me down like, Nate, infam- I think Nate infamously said in the first Conor McGregor fight, he said, "Oh, you're a grappler now." When Conor came in to take him down, because he rocked him up top, and yeah. Conor shot in, he went, "Oh, you're a wrestler. Okay, we go grapple now." And then he went down. <laughs> and then he just, <laughs> then what did he do? He choked him out in under 20 seconds. Yeah. Like, and it was, it's insane. But that's that's the Diaz style of just same thing. I bread and butter because I'm a nasty MMA boxer, and I'm a fucking assassin on the ground in jujitsu, and nobody wants to go to the ground with me. Yeah. <laughs> like, when's the last time you saw? Some Somebody actively take them down. Yeah, it's true. because they know it's like don't go to the ground with the Diaz brothers. Just don't do it. They have cardio for days. They're just black belts who are just assassins who are just waiting for you to fall into a trap. Don't do it. Just stay away from them. Try to kick them as much as possible and just get the fuck out. And yeah. then just that's it. That's literally the game plan. Try to hit and get the fuck out. Yep. Unless you think you're so good, you can take them down and then and submit them. Be my guest, but I haven't seen that happen. I don't think they've ever been tapped. I think Nate maybe tapped once. I think Nate early on, did. Early on in his career, I think Yeah, he, I, think I don't he, think uh, Nick did, though. I don't think he's ever tapped. No. Nick. No, it's because they never got in his position to lose by yeah. by submission because they're fucking monsters. Yeah. You know what I mean? You you see that, and it's awesome to see that kind of that kind of duality, that kind of uh, of harmony of the two. 
they have the striking and they have the grappling. Or it's the opposite where you have, yes, TJ Dillashaw is a good jujitsu guy, but he's a fantastic wrestler. So you have a guy who's an amazing Muay Thai striker mixed with amazing uh, wrestling. Mm -hmm. And you have the same idea here. You have the same, you have a top game and a bottom game. It's the same thing. It's the same harmony of both worlds, you know? Um, I've just been thinking about this. It's the same thing with uh, DC. DC is a great boxer. DC is a great boxer. Yep. He's a fucking literally an Olympic level uh, wrestler. So you have the same thing. You have this duality of harmony that appears versus yep. they excel in a striking department. They excel in a ground department. You know, uh, Rhonda was not, she only excelled in judo. Yeah. So she only had her run. But I feel like the, I feel like women's MMA is at that level currently where it's just, there's very few who excel in multiple facets. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Rose Namajunas is really the only one who excels. She excels at the kickboxing aspect and she excels at the jujitsu aspect. And she has harmony and that's why she's so devastating. She's so terrifying. I know she looks like, you know, a very quiet, nice girl, but she's a she's a monster. Yeah. She's also a monster because she has those two. She fucking knocked out Joanna. Oh yeah. Like who's a who's a uh uh uh, she, I think she was undefeated in kickboxing. Oh no shit! Yeah, I think I think Shuana was undefeated in kickboxing. Huh. Anyways, monster fucking striker. So it's it's you have those parallels, and then you have too many people who just aren't good anywhere else. You know, like you just they're not they're great at one thing and then okay at the others, or they're great at one thing and then you don't see much of anything else. Yeah, and you see that stagnation of their career and what they can do. Um, like Mike Perry is a great example. He's getting better by like the month. He's getting so much better incrementally because he's such a good learner and he's such a good athlete. He's such a good fighter, but he's a brawler. Mm. He's a great boxer. Hands up high. You know, he knows how to chuck the, uh, tuck his chin. He knows how to swing and bang, slip and come in with the power. He knows how to do it, but he doesn't ha- You just saw him get tapped by Cow- I know Cowboy's a, a, an anomaly of being such a, an elite level, but he got tapped pretty quick. He walked into that. Cowboy yeah. even said in the post-fight interview, he was just, yeah, I went to the right, and I thought, oh, there's no way he's going to go over there. And then he did, and I just went, okay, I'm going to break this shit then. I mean, <laughs> you, you just walked into it. I, I mean, you should have gone left. You shouldn't have gone right into it. But, hey, you, okay, whoop, and he just, <laughs> and he broke it. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Anyways, I, I, we, we, we always come, we always revert back to this, being, talking about, like, fight styles and, I don't want to bore everybody to death about it, but mm. all right. Uh, it's like eight o'clock. Want to talk about zombie real quick? Yeah, I was gonna say you want to talk about zombie before yeah. we end this. What do you think about zombie verse Korean zombie verse? Yeah, you're Rodriguez. First off, and I and I again have said this in the past. Like I I love not only amazing fucking fights that go the distance, but then just the sportsmanship. And I know a lot of people were like, guys, like, what are you doing? All right, we get it. Like, fight, fight. But you know what? It's just, I, I know I'm rambling, but I just, I, I appreciate the respect that these guys had for one another. Um, I wasn't familiar with, um, how do you pronounce the guy's name? Yair? Yair, yeah. He's very, a crazy striker. Very unorthodox. Taekwondo. Yeah. Taekwondo. Um, his countering was fucking incredible he he came onto the scene as being like the next showtime 
because his taekwondo skills are so high. Yep. And he throws such such crazy strikes. But he got exposed. He got fed to Frankie Edgar. And Frankie Edgar fucked his life up. Frankie Edgar almost like ended his UFC career. Oh, Frankie wow. beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> Frankie, Ed- they put him up against Frankie Edgar, and everybody was just, "Oh, this is gonna be such a cool fight! Holy shit! Yeah, you're such a good striker going against such a vet like Frankie." And Frankie was just probably just said, "All right, well, I'm gonna show you why I'm a vet. I'm gonna crank it up on you." He just wrestled him and beat the shit out of him. Like, I don't think Frankie got touched. Frankie beat the fuck oh, out damn. of him so bad, like Yair's momentum and the hype. It was like Naganu just got thrown off. Like Yair, dude. No, Frankie just exposed that shit. He's not he's not as good as we think he is. Mm. That's how bad it was. Then he got in a contract dispute with the UFC. Then he partially signed with Bellator when he was in negotiations. Then the UFC came at him with lawyers about that. And uh, yeah, okay. and then Yair, Yair was supposed to face Zabit uh, Magomedov, I believe. And then he was like, I don't want to fight, fight Zabit. And then UFC said, you need to fight who we tell you to. Fuck you. You want to say no to fights then go fuck yourself so he said okay and the bellator said we'll give you tons of money you went great i'm coming and the ufc said wait 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 wait. you still have fight your contract says you can't do x y and z you just did z so you got to come back and fight and all this other stuff and then he fought uh korean zombie yeah um and then korean zombie too i know he was on hiatus for a while he was he actually in the army two years of of military leave for the korean army then he had uh he was recovering from injuries for two years too Okay. So I think he was gone for like four years. Wow. Because which is good for him, which is kind of the same thing that I said about Chad Mendez. Both Mendez and Korean Zombie. I mean, almost all, there's a lot of fighters, but they've been through wars, and this gives them time, forced time to recover. I know Chad probably hated this, but I think it was amazing for Chad Mendez to have that time off to focus on his hunting company and and recover. Same thing with Korean Zombie. He came back mm. and he was a 100, and he. St- he was a he was a killer in his last fight, and this fight was just fight of the year candidate. You know, like yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I I didn't even know who was winning at one point, and then I was like, all right, you know, zombie kind of has the advantage. I think he's got this, and uh, man, literally right at the buzzer that upper like what is it like a it's like a reverse elbow a reverse elbow like reverse spinning elbow again like the accuracy this dude had in the the timing and if you saw it like in real time i mean i had to watch the replay like what happened because all i saw was zombie just fall yeah you know i saw punches being thrown and some being missed it looks like he fell from exhaustion yeah that's what yeah. i thought i thought it was just fatigue like fatigue had kicked in and like, then i saw the this. replay from a different angle yeah it was like an upward elbow I've never seen that ever incredible but yeah i mean and i think they uh dana white said it was like four to one like zombie zombie was winning had one second yeah and zombie it, he would have won it by decision zombie was winning and yep. that fucking elbow but you know what i i thought it was an awesome fight i really yeah. did it was uh it was zombie is another example he's not an elite striker but he is fantastic on the ground yeah fantastic on the ground i remember him uh Oh God! What Gracie is it? I forget the Gracie. What the fuck? What the fuck? Oh my God! But a Gracie nonetheless. I'm such a rookie. No, he's uh, <clears throat> he does the guy who does uh, like the online Gracie Academy stuff. He oh one of the younger. I I know what you mean. Yeah, he trains um Brian Ortega. Okay, I forget his name. Fuck, sorry. Um, he uh he actually trained with Korean Zombie. Like they like 
went at they like did a light little like all right let's go because uh, he went to korea uh, to travel and zombie was like come on over man <laughs> yeah, i, I, I want to roll with you and uh zombie got tapped all the time but it was it was cool to see zombie just doing his thing and it was just like holy shit he's i knew he was good because he he like he had the twister he always he always finds himself in advantageous positions on the ground but i didn't know his level until it was just oh okay he's he's up there so that was a crazy fight there's there's a weird thing though with i, f- I feel specifically with korean fighters um do who troy is uh the same way where there's they're almost slightly unrefined in the striking department mm. for whatever reason i don't know if it's the schools in korea i don't know if it's the level of experience in career korea but like they don't what well, um they it's almost you know what it is they don't teach head movement in traditional martial arts. They don't really teach that. In Kung Fu, I think they do. I think in Kung Fu is probably the most evasive movement you can learn um, as, far as, the, as far as those uh, martial arts. But um, boxing has head movement. Yes. Boxing has slips. And that's a very much a Western thing. And you see that in a lot of non-asian trained fighters yeah fighters in asia you don't really see yeah, as right. much slips in my opinion you do in some but you out of the ufc mma fighters that i've seen like especially the asian ones like the korean ones don't see a lot of head movement they get yeah, popped right. a lot they get yep. popped a lot in the face and i think it's because they don't train slips they don't train head movement in the same way i think it's very different I don't know. I, I, you're right, though. I never complete, thought about that until this now. This is complete bro science right now for yeah. those listening. But that this is that is 100 just my thought process on why we see so much, uh, so much, so many strikes absorbed mm-hmm. by by Korean fighters. At least in this instance, I'm talking about Korean fighters. Uh, really, just really weird to me. But no, that was I was rooting for Zombie because Zombie. You know, just because he was out for so long and he's such a crowd favorite because he has such a, he always has exciting fights. Oh, you yeah. know, so I was excited for that. And I knew they would have a good show because that year is, has such like high level skill. And I knew it was going to be good, but uh, I wish it went to decision, mm. you know, but hey, man, good for that year. He got he got the win as yeah. needed. They posted a good uh, post fight video, uh, post fight photo from the hospital. They were like high fiving. Yeah, see, I, they're both I, in journeys I next like to that. each other. <laughs> you know, it's like you go in there to fight, but you know it's nothing personal. It's just the sports, the business. You yeah. know. Speaking of business, we got to get down to business, folks. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. Peace. <laughs>